box, inside low left, Eric Williams. Dr. Steele, there it is. Welcome into Home Court Press. This is your host, Brian Priest, your exclusive Utah Jazz insider for Cumulus Media. You can find us on kbear.com. I'm joined by co-hosts and uh, you know associate producers Josh Keel, Tommy Jerome coming in. We're going to talk some Utah Jazz basketball today. So excited. Josh, good Go to have jazz. you. Yes, Tommy, nailed it right there. So, Jazz fans, you know what an absolutely amazing sequence of basketball the Jazz have had lately. They have won 19 in their last 21 games. They've moved from sixth in the Western Conference to now second in the West. Right now they've got a record of 32 and 13. They lead the Northwest Division with a 7-11 win percentage. They are one game ahead of the Denver Nuggets, half game ahead of the Los Angeles Clippers for second in the Western Conference. And I got to tell you, I've, I've watched a lot of jazz basketball in my life, and this this stretch of games, the last 21, I, and you could even stretch it out to 22, 23 games, uh, it's been one of the best stretches of jazz basketball I've ever seen, from watching Rudy Gobert's just otherworldly dominating effort on both sides of the floor this entire stretch. Donovan Mitchell is establishing himself as... One of the best clutch players in the NBA. When the, when the chips are down, fourth quarter, Donovan, I think, is fourth or fifth in the league and, and points scored in the fourth quarter. And they, they've been blowing teams out. They've been winning games in the clutch. Wow, it's been so much fun. Yesterday, against the, that game against the, the Mavericks, did, did either of you guys happen to see that game? Josh, you were talking about at least having seen some of those plays. Right, I, I saw the highlights of it because um, I was working during the game, but... Uh, I was actually thinking about this on the way into the into the radio tonight or today of how I'm because I'm not like a fan fan of the jazz I'm, but I'm surrounded by jazz fans all all my friends are jazz fans all the people around me are jazz fans yeah you're just kind of a passing NBA fan right you just like right. basketball yeah I like basketball but when I'm a fan I get way too committed to be committed to too many teams so yep. I I don't like to claim I'm a fan of something I'm not a fan of so. I was like, oh man, it must be really nice to be a Jazz fan right now. Like, normally when other teams have success, I'm not either. I'm not surrounded by it, or it's a team I don't like. So I have strong feelings about them not wanting them to be successful. But as an indifferent observer of the Jazz, I'm really happy for all my friends because the Jazz are killing it this year, and especially right now. Like, it would be cool to have a team I liked like go on this kind of a run, and I get to see it kind of up close without like being in it, like how you guys are in it. Yeah, I. I... <sighs> So there are sometimes as a as a big sports fan when I re- I really wish I wasn't as as close to these teams as I am emotionally. Uh-huh. But then there's times like this with the Jazz that it, it's 
the ultimate. I mean, but short of winning a championship, this stretch of basketball has been one of the most fun stretches of watching any of my teams, the Jazz, the Cubs, the Broncos, uh, college sports. It, it doesn't matter. This this team is just – they're so much fun to watch. I love it. Tommy. Do you do you think with that move to get Jordan Clarkson is, is what's playing a part in this kind of win streak? Because it started happening once they made that move. Well, I – I don't think you want to sell it short and, and paint it as just that move to get Jordan Clarkson. Um, so jazz media, a lot of jazz media have, have called it the Miami earthquake. Uh, I believe it was December December 22nd, the, the jazz lost in Miami, and they, I think they lost by one or two points. It was one possession game. Mm-hmm. And that night, they traded Dante Axum for Jordan Clarkson and a couple picks, and they released Jeff Green and signed Rajon Tucker. So they brought in two new players. They they basically basically remade their bench. When when you look at their their bench today versus what their bench was in the middle of December, it's a, it's a completely different unit. Um, so wait, you said that it was the last time they played Miami. When they played in, it, in it Miami. It was in Miami. So, yeah. So, that yeah. would be December 23rd, 2019. Was it 23rd? Yeah. Okay. So, December 23rd. But still, it was that night after that game when the Jazz released Jeff Green, brought in Rajon Tucker, and traded for Jordan Clarkson. Clarkson is, has come in. I'm glad you brought him up, Tommy. He's been in, in nothing short of the perfect addition off of the bench for this team. Right. Uh, he, he's a scorer. He's a scorer first. You watch Jordan Clarkson, you're... You're always going to wish that he would make a pass. There's always going to be those times, but he is a creator that the Jazz didn't have on mm-hmm. off of the bench. And so right now they they've got five at, at times six guys who can really create for themselves right now between Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley. Now that he's come back healthy, you've got Bojan Bogdanovic who. You're, you're never going to find a bigger Bojan Bogdanovich fan. <laughs> Every single time I mention him, I've got to talk about how <laughs> I was, I was, I was, oh, man. You were can't su- think of the word. You were super on board? I, I was su- super on board. I, w- I was scouting Bojan Bogdanovich all of last season, and I was telling people left and right, that's who the Jazz need. Tobias Harris, awesome. That would be a lot of fun to sign him, but you've got Bojan Bogdanovich for a <laughs> Like fifteen to eighteen million less a year than Tobias Harris signed for. He's on a bargain contract and arguably playing better than Tobias Harris. Yeah, and he's the perfect addition to this team with his skill set. Yeah, uh, I, I just I can't. I don't know if you can hear how excited I am, <laughs> how much fun I, I'm having watching this team. Right. I you know Tommy, we we've talked about the Jazz a lot. What what else have you seen from them that gets you excited? Uh, Rudy. Rudy's confidence looks to be sky high now. Wow. I think when we started the season, and I told you this, I felt like Rudy was playing kind of soft. He wasn't – he didn't look like the Rudy that, you know, defensive player of the year two years in a row. He just didn't look like – He looked hesitant. He looked, yeah, he looked he a looked step hesitant. slow. Yes, he looked like he was hesitant. And now he, he just looks like he's on fire. Like he's looking like the Rudy Gobert that – Won those two Defensive Player of the Year, and you know he's looking like that dominating force that we know him to be. Yeah, uh, right now I've got the the numbers pulled up, and Rudy has played in forty three of the forty four games this season. He's averaging fifteen point seven points per game. So 
anybody that wants to try and tell me that Rudy Gobert is not an offensive threat, come at me. Uh, you know where the podcast is. Mm-hmm. Find it on kbear.com. You can find Home Court <laughs> Press on any of your major podcatchers. Please reach out to me on social media at bpriest24. You can find us on Name Change Pending 24. On Facebook, search for Name Change Pending. I would love to have a conversation with you about why Rudy Gobert is an offensive force because of the gravity that he forces teams to to play with, and they have to collapse on him off of that screen and roll. And, and that's not even talking about his value as a screener. He he averages, I believe it was, over eight screen assists per game. Second in the league is Bam Adebayo, about one and a half screen assists per game behind Rudy. And then if you look at the whole numbers, Rudy's got over 300 and third in screen assists in the NBA. Oh, God, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. But they have less than two-thirds of the screen assists that Rudy has so far in the season. He's leading the league in dunks. He's had over five dunks per game for the last seven games. In the last two weeks, he's averaged more than 20 points, too. Yeah. He's turning it on right now. He's playing the best he's played. He's getting better as the season goes on. Yeah. And as it it pushes towards the all-star break and stuff. Yeah, this uh, this 21-game stretch, Rudy, I don't know exactly what his averages are, but it seems like every night he's going to get between 18 and 22 points and between 15 and 20 rebounds yeah. every single night. He's right. always there. And if you watch defensive possessions, it's, it's not even so much the shots that Rudy blocks. It's the shots that teams just don't take, right. that they avoid because Rudy Gobert is in the area. Or like... The the mental block of trying to make a layup when you know he's when you know he's lurking yeah and so you get, like the shooting percentage of the other team going down not from just strictly a block shot but just a, a hurried shot or a hurried layup or mm-hmm. or you know the wrong guy taking the shot because the right guy got guarded and yep. so so now you're you're taking the their fourth best shooter and giving them a a mid range jump shot and going eh, if they beat us with that we'll live with that then they'll beat us with that I guess there was there was one defensive possession in the Mavericks game on Saturday afternoon where the the Mavericks uh, I want to say it was I think it was Dorian Finney Smith drove to the basket and he missed a layup and then somebody else got a rebound and Rudy was probably about three feet away he was in the vicinity but he wasn't there he wasn't going to really be able to contest the shot yeah. and uh, the Mavericks get this offensive rebound have an easy putback and missed it. Because you know they were thinking about Rudy. They get the offensive rebound again, and Rudy blocks it out of bounds. <laughs> like yeah. Guys are always thinking about him. They're always right. aware of him. And in the past, the, the complaint about Rudy Gobert defensively was that you could get him switched onto the perimeter and be able to take advantage of him, and he, and he wouldn't be able to recover as well. He's seven foot one. He's 240 pounds. Right. I, guys like that don't move as well as a six foot three, 210-pound guy. Right. They just don't. But... That play yesterday or Saturday in the Mavericks game where Rudy Gobert recovered and and blocked the shot at the basket, that was, I, I think I was telling you earlier, Josh, that was no hyperbole, top five best singular defensive plays yeah. I, I've ever seen. Right. Uh, what he was able to do in the, the moment that he was able to do that, the importance of that blocked shot, because that... Yeah. If they make that layup, the Mavericks take the lead right there. Yeah. As it is, Rudy blocks the shot. They foul Donovan. Jazz go up by three. Yeah. Jazz go up by four. Actually, they were up two, so that would have tied the game. Uh, it's it's just it's amazing 
what Rudy yeah. Gobert has been able to do. I saw a statistic today that he has the most crunch time blocks of anybody in the league this year, which is only five, but that that means you're within five under five minutes to mm-hmm. play, and he's the one. He's the only one getting blocks. Yeah. In, in those situations, which makes sense because most guys aren't going for blocks in that situation. You're just trying to get rebounds, or yeah, the, he's just a blocker and huge to do that stuff. Well, and. I mean, honestly, if you, you think about it, it's it's so easy to focus on offense when it comes to MVPs and late-game situations. But I, a guy like Rudy Gobert, who has blocked five shots in those situations, as you were yeah. saying, Josh, is just as important as the guy who has hit five shots right. well, because they, he's taking points off the board. Because they, they beat the Pelicans because they were only up one on the Pelicans on that one layup when he blocked uh, – it was a foul, but he, he got yeah, cut yeah, for yeah. a block, right? That mm-hmm. play, Ingram, that's who he blocked. Yeah, Brandon Ingram. But Ingram's going to make that layup, and that's going to win the and, game because they were and, only up one, right? And it was the Nets game, the the previous game before yeah. the Pelicans game, he did the same thing. Yeah, and then this game, so that's three of the of the wins come down to, in the final minute of the game, him blocking shots yeah. to make the difference, where if those are, if those are uh, James Harden hitting a three or even making a layup in that the opposite scenario – you're a hero and you're on Sports Center and that's everything and everybody knows you're clutch. But when it's a block, you don't get the same credit for being clutch in that moment to stop the basket as you do for making the basket. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. So we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we want to let's take a look at the all-star candidacy for Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. There was a, a whole lot of blow up in Jazz Nation people under the impression that neither of them had made the all-star team. It's okay, Jazz fans, calm down. I believe they're going to. It was just the starters that were named. Coaches will pick the reserves. Uh, I believe it's this week. But when we come back, we're going to take a look at at Rudy's numbers, Donovan's numbers, compare them to some of the guys who uh, they're competing with for uh, one of those last probably three or four all-star spots. And then we will wrap it up here with Home Court Press. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in to Home Court Press. This is your host, Brian Priest. You can find me on Twitter at BPriest24, and you can find Home Court Press on any of your major podcatchers and also at kbear.com. Just on the main webpage scroll, you'll find Home Court Press. Click on that, and we're going to have plenty of Utah Jazz content, podcasts. We'll have videos from practice and anything else that comes up during this Utah Jazz season. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Home Court Press. Brian Priest, your host here, still joined by Tommy Jerome and Josh Keel. Yep. What's hey up? Yo. What's up, fellas? So we just got done talking about, really, we spent a majority of the time talking about Rudy Gobert and and his impact with this Utah Jazz team winning 19 of their last 21 games. Right, now let's take a quick look at the all-star candidacy of the the two main guys who should get consideration for the Jazz. And, and quite frankly, uh, no... I, unbiased opinion i feel like here two guys who deserve to be all-stars rudy gobert and donovan mitchell so donovan mitchell on the season he's averaging 24.7 points per game he's over four rebounds a game and over four assists over at one steal per game and for as much as the ball has been in his hands he's only turning the ball over two and a half times per game with with donovan it's not only numbers it's the it's his clutch ability when, when a game is close, Donovan shows over and over and over again how, how he can take over and hit a couple big shots. And not only hit shots, but he's, he plays with his eyes out. He, he's always looking 
for someone to dish the ball to. Had a huge assist to Royce O'Neal on Saturday afternoon against the Mavericks with Royce hitting a three. Donovan hit two consecutive threes to put the Jazz ahead during that fourth quarter. He's just amazing with what he does. And with Mike Conley having been out missing so many games through the month of December and January, Donovan has really taken over the primary point guard role on this team. And personally, I I think it's where he needs to play. Donovan should be the point guard of this team because the Jazz seem to be better when he, he's playing that point guard position. So, Josh, when it, when it comes to Donovan Mitchell... What do you see from him that makes you think he should or shouldn't be an all-star when you compare him to guys like Devin Booker or another guy that people are looking at, the national media is looking at, in the race for an all-star of Russell Westbrook? How does Donovan compare? What's his case? I think the case for him being in, I think he brings more to the table overall than those other two guys. Westbrook... Devin Booker's a scorer. He's a flat-out scorer, yep. and that's that's his main job. Where Donovan, um, he just does more, like you were saying. You know, he finds assists. I think one major reason he should be in ahead of Devin Booker is that he wins games. Like that, that should always that always counts. The part of the second reason, in the West. Part of the it's reason huge. in the past they've said that Donovan and Rudy can't make it in is because at this point in the year they're seventh or eighth, and they work their way up, and then they get to be f- maybe fourth in the West or fifth. But now they're second in the West. You can't say that they're not winning games. They're not doing it on the winning team. The best player on the second best team should be an all-star, it seems like. Um, And then that turns into a debate about who's the better player, Donovan or Rudy. But either one of them is going to be the best player on the team. So why not? And then when it comes to Russell Westbrook, I feel like he's less special now that he's with James Harden because he doesn't have the opportunity to do as much, and he's riding more on name recognition than on this season stats. Like overall career, you'd say Westbrook's better just because he's you know he averaged triple double two years in a row. He's been to the yeah. Western Conference Finals, all those things. But none of those happened this year. This year, he's James's sidekick. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look strictly numbers. Russell Westbrook does have some some really good numbers on the season. He's averaging almost 26 points a game, over eight rebounds and seven assists per game, one and a half steals, and he's got a 20.63 PER. But if yeah, you look at the numbers, okay, I, I can see a case. Yeah. Watch the Rockets play. Right. I mean, the Rockets are going to come in here to Salt Lake on Monday afternoon, so we'll release this podcast Monday morning. Might have a chance to listen to it before the the Jazz play the Rockets Monday night. And if you watch that team play, they're not fun to watch. They nope. they don't I don't think they really like playing with each other. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is I, I don't want to say he's a bad teammate because by all accounts he is a good teammate, but he's very much about his numbers and getting his stats. And yeah. if that comes along with winning, cool. If not, I still need my numbers, fellas. Yeah. And then, yeah, you talked about Devin Booker as well. I'm not even going to go very far into Devin Booker. The fact is all Devin Booker does is score 26.5 points per game, but he's on a 19-26 and Suns team that's just going downhill. He's never played on a successful team. He's never made the playoffs. Donovan's a a better player than him. He is. He just is, flat out. Until Devin Booker does something different, he'll always be remembered as don't double-team me guy. 
Yeah, it, I think that's the epitome of who Devin Booker is. Yeah. I I'm not I'm not going to go out and play with Team USA and spend my summer with some of the best players in the country and and work on my game. I'm just going to go play pickup ball and get pissed off because somebody double teams me in the corner. Right. It's basketball, man. Yeah. If you're going to get better, you're going to have to go against double teams sometime right. and it's not a bad thing to get surprised by it. You you don't know how to play through that in your <laughs> right. what fifth year in the league? Yeah. He's a clown. <clears throat> and then Rudy Gobert. I we we talked a ton about Rudy in that first segment, but Tommy, I I kind of want to throw it to you. You you've been one that has has talked to me a lot about Rudy Gobert this year. You've watched him his entire career and I know that you you kind of have an affinity for uh, center play in the game of basketball anyway. You, you really enjoy guys like Nikola Jokic and um, Anthony Davis, another guy you've talked about. So Hassan Rudy, Whiteside. Big Hassan Whiteside fan. <laughs> but Rudy Gobert is, you know, Josh, before I throw it to you, Tommy, Josh, you you said something about who's, who's the better player in the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. My point there is Donovan Mitchell is the best player on the Jazz. Rudy Gobert is the most important player. Without Rudy for 10 games, the Jazz probably lose eight games. Right. I mean, especially in a stretch that they're, they're coming into right now. But if Donovan Mitchell misses 10 games, that team could probably go 500 without Donovan Mitchell. Doesn't. Donovan's the best player, but Rudy is the most important two-team success. So with that being said, Tommy... Rudy, his all-star candidacy, he's the only player to make an all-NBA team for a season and not be named an all-star that year. He's done it twice. The last two years, two-time defensive player of the year, reigning defensive player of the year, offensive threat, like I said, averaging almost 16 points a game, two two blocks per game. He's averaging 14.5 boards per game and passing the ball well, and his offensive game seems to expand every time he steps on the floor. So what's Rudy's case to be an all-star? Well, you just said it. Those numbers. (laughs) I think I did a pretty good job. Sorry. So, yeah, I think the only thing that gets in his way of being an all-star is just he's not like the centers that you see making the all-star game. He doesn't shoot threes. He doesn't have the ball a lot in his hands. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't create a shot for himself in a sense, if you get what I'm saying. Definitely. He he does not. So, and I, when he does try to create a shot, uh, it's it's cringy it's sometimes. You get scared. <laughs> Rudy, don't dribble. You know, you know who he reminds <laughs> me of is uh, remember Ben Wallace? Yes, like it, okay, as, that's as a, blasphemy already. As a picker, this is why, as a picker of an all star team, everyone watches the all star team for offense. And so, if you have someone whose job and their main reputation is to stop baskets, that's not what people want in the all star game. His game doesn't translate to that particular game as well. And so that I can understand why people wouldn't want him in the game based on that. Not saying he's This not, is a garbage take. But continue. The because that would be the, that was the same problem that Ben Wallace had. He he would get in there and you'd be like, "Well, what's he going to do now? He's he's wasting all our time. Why would you want Rudy in there?" Which, he still made all-star teams. He, he did. I'm just saying that like that that's the only comparison I can think of of someone whose main thing is defense and that's not fun to watch in the All-Star game. Yeah, but he can catch a lob. No, he can. I'm I'm just offering the counterpoint because you guys are both going to be all on uh, uh, on Rudy's thing. I think I think your point's a little bit off. I, I think it, it, a more fair comparison is Dikembe Mutombo. Okay, yeah. But I mean, Tommy, go go ahead and continue. Rudy's better than 
I mean, leaps and bounds no, better no. than Ben Wallace and, and, and this is, Dikembe. This, this is the thing you. is he is better than them. I'm not saying he's not. And if you watch the Jazz play, I mean, he's averaging 20 points a game. He can score just fine. He can do awesome things. He He's going to affect the game. And like you said, if you lob him the ball, he'll throw it down very fine, right? But I'm just the perception nationally is not that Rudy Gobert is an offensive threat at all. Yeah, He's basically, you know, and I'm not saying this. He's a glorified Clint Capello, right? The, the perception nationally yeah. is yeah, that way for people who haven't watched Rudy Gobert, quite most, frankly. Most if you, of the people on the East Coast don't watch Rudy Gobert play, though. They're missing out. Tommy? <laughs> Sorry. I, Josh yeah, made me mad. Yeah, you're getting them <laughs> upset. You're getting them all worked up. I'm just saying, Clint Capella, Stephen Adams, You need and Rudy to stop Gobert, saying basically the same person. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically the same offensive threat. That's all I'm saying. Don't forget JaVale McGee. Oh, definitely take JaVale, JaVale, JaVale McGee ahead of Rudy Gobert. For all sure. right, Tommy, go ahead. Keep telling us why Rudy Gobert is or is not an all-star. Yeah, I want to hear you say I, why he's not. Well, I mean, I think you already covered that, oh, Josh. Okay. I think he is just because he's earned it, in a sense. He Defensive player of the year twice. All-NBA two, two years in a row. Like, what else does this guy need to do? Develop a jump shot and then maybe we'll put him in the All-Star game? He could make a basket outside of five feet. I mean, so could Giannis, but hey, he makes the All-Star game. I've seen Giannis make three-pointers. I mean, really just in summation here, Rudy, Rudy's amazing. Rudy is the best center in the game of basketball. He he's definitely I, an All-Star. You can't argue that he's an All-Star. I just like yeah. bothering you two. He's just... <laughs> It's incredible what he's been able to do. Can't wait to see how how this turns out. I can't wait to see two Jazz in the All Star game. It was it was something not to toot my own horn, but that is something I predicted. Who's the, uh, who was the, the last the Jazz player in the All Star? game? Believe it was Memo. Really, Gordon? Th- no, Gordon did make one All Star team with the Jazz. He did. Yeah, Gordon won, did, I and I then before that, it was Memo. memo I thought we're not allowed to mention money his memo. Name anymore. We we couldn't. I don't have a problem with Gordon the, Hayward. The, the Bostonian Jazz fans get really upset no when people leave. They poured their heart out to the guy, and Man. he's like, eh. There was a billboard, Brian. <laughs> there was Stay a billboard. billboard. Stay word. <laughs> there okay. was a hashtag. So uh, as we wrap this up, fans talking about the, the Jazz, Rudy Gobert, and Donovan Mitchell making the All-Star game. They, the starters have been announced, so I'll go over those starters really quick in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> I'm going to reserve my opinions. Trey Young, uh, Kemba Walker from the Boston Celtics, Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors. Giannis is going to be the captain from the you know reigning MVP from the Milwaukee Bucks, and Joel Embiid starting at center for the East. In the West, we've got James Harden and Luka Doncic at, on the guard line. Kawhi Leonard from the Clippers and LeBron James will be the captain from the Los Angeles Lakers, and Anthony Davis also from the Los Angeles Lakers. So. Those those starters have been announced. The All-Star Captain's draft is going to be on February 6th. So that is, what, 11 days from now, if I'm doing the math. That's probably, what, a Thursday night? Probably. I have the calendar up right now. It, it's a Thursday. When do we find out who the reserves are? Uh, that I, I'm not sure when they – I was trying to find that. Oh, All-Star reserves are going to be revealed January 30th. So those are going to be the, the coaching selections. Uh, I And I fully expect both of – Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert to be named to the All-Star team, not just because of their numbers. This is the second best, the team with the second best record in the Western Conference. Yeah, They've been amazing for a large stretch of the season. What and, about what about Bojan Bogdanovic to be an All-Star? 
Boyan Bogdanovich is not going to be an all star, but I love the guy. I know he's not going to be. But I do love you think the guy. He could, earn it? could you make a case for him to be an all star? No. Oh, really? No, I don't think he can. I, I, I would love to, but no, I don't think so. Um, I feel like eight out of those 10 starters are legitimate. Yeah, probably eight. I'll take eight. eight. But we both know the guards in the East. We don't need to get. They wouldn't be in there in the West, but. No. No, they wouldn't. Kemba's Kemba's still good, though. People are going to get votes. What are you going to do? But, um, no, I'm I'm excited to see. (laughs) Yeah, Atlanta's got lots of people. Excited to see how how the All Star selection process goes. I, I, I mean, I, I would be willing to make a wager that both of those guys will make the All-Star team if either of you guys would want, like to. But uh, we will go ahead and wrap up this edition of Home Court Press. Thanks for joining us. You can also find our other podcast, Name Change Pending, on all of your major podcatchers. And we just released a Super Bowl preview show today as well. So check out Name Change Pending on Facebook and Instagram. You can find all three of us on Twitter. Find me at bpriest24. Tommy, what's your Twitter? It's at Ruthless underscore Lupe. That's R-U-T-H-L-E-S-S underscore L-U-P-E. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Josh, what's your Twitter? Uh, of course, mine's Rise and Shout. It's R-Y-S-E-N-S-H-O-U-T. All right, guys. Thanks so much for coming in. Appreciate you joining us on the uh, podcast today. And go Jazz. Been an awesome season. Uh, keep it going strong into the All-Star break. Tom, man, let's try and catch a game. Yeah. How, what do you think they go this week? Yeah, this week my my prediction. Whew, we got we got Houston Monday night, and then we travel to San Antonio on Wednesday, Denver on Thursday, and Portland on Saturday. So next four games. Okay, first of all, Houston's playing in Denver right now, so mm-hmm. they're going to come to Salt Lake, be playing on the back end of a back to back. Russell Westbrook typically doesn't play the second game of a back to back when they're on the road. James Harden is also out tonight, so not sure what the injury situation is going to be for him tomorrow but i that rockets team seems like it's vulnerable it's, vulnerable is a great word it's the perfect term for what they are san antonio uh any greg popovich coach coach team worries me but um i think the jazz can go in and defeat that san antonio the team nuggets they, is what they should be able me. to yeah the nuggets are are really good but rudy gobert honestly rudy owns nikola jokic mm-hmm. when they when they've matched up so i I, I because it's in Denver, I, I would probably lean toward the Nuggets winning that game, but it wouldn't surprise me to see the Jazz win. And then Portland, Portland's a mess defensively. Mm-hmm. They are. But they got Carmelo. Absolute. Yeah, like I said, they're a mess defensively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think the Jazz could go into Portland and score 130. So oh, three and one. I, I see the Jazz going three and one in the next week. Follow- so thanks for joining us on Home Court Press, and we'll be back later this week. So. Before we we wrap it up, um, I I don't even know how to how to get into this. A sad note: while we were recording today, came across the the wire from several news sources. Forty um, one year old Kobe Bryant was killed in a helicopter crash this morning in California. He uh, and it's 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 a shock. I mean, I'm honestly like I'm, I'm shook up talking about it. Uh, as I said, this 41 years old um, report was about 10 o'clock this morning. There was a helicopter outside of L.A. with five people on it. Kobe was one of those passengers, and uh, and 
Kobe Kobe was killed. So Does it say was he with his family or anything? No, it, I I saw on a on a different article, and and this is a, a very developing story. So right. obviously, I I don't want to speak with certainty. I saw on a previous article that he is survived by his wife Vanessa and two kids. Mm. So I mean, I hope that his family wasn't on that plane right. for for their sake. And I you know say what you will about Kobe Bryant uh, as far as a player being a Jazz fan. It was it was always tough to to watch Kobe with the Lakers. Uh, his last game in the NBA, he scored 60 against the Jazz. Right. But, I, I mean, it was he, – he was one of the best players of my lifetime and in, in NBA history. I mean, he's a top – he's a top 10 guy, and it's sad to sad to hear this news, see that, that he's, he's passed away at the age of, of 41 and, and left a, the wife and two kids. So. Yeah. He was more than two. Was it was it more than two? Is it three? But yeah, he has three. I think they just had a baby like a couple of years ago. Okay, so you know, I that's crazy, man. I I don't I don't know what to think. I re, I really don't. It was just it was on Saturday night that LeBron James passed Kobe Bryant for the third on the NBA's all time scoring list, yep. and the uh, the last yeah, his last social media post was congratulating LeBron, kind of just paying homage to LeBron for passing him for third overall. I mean, you take a look at it. It was about 16 and 17 hours ago. You take a look at it, and it's just kind of eerie just because, you know, he was at the game, I believe, or was he? Yeah, I, it was It sure. was in Philly, so I doubt it because he's not. No, I think it was because it showed a picture of um, him and LeBron, like, shaking hands, like, during the game. I know he. I, I know he and LeBron were shook hands before a, a game in LA, like oh, last week. Mm. So Kobe Bryant's caption on the on his last post on Instagram is on to number two at King James, which is LeBron James. Keep growing the game and charting the path for the next. And then um, strong arm emoji. All right. Well, I I don't know. I I don't really know what else to say. I. And just heart goes out to the uh, the Bryant family, um, and it's it's awful to see anyone so young pass away. Right. But uh, a guy who uh, has such a a strong impact on my life growing up. I mean, I remember Kobe uh, as a rookie coming into Salt Lake and putting up a bunch of air balls against the Jazz mm-hmm. in the yeah. Western Conference Finals, and, and then the player he turned into. I, I mean, just watched. Watched his whole career, and right. it, it was formative for my lifetime. So, just my my condolences go out to the the Kobe Bryant family, and yeah, we'll I guess we'll I'm sure we'll talk about it more as we yeah. get we get more news. And right. for me, on that, like you said, people talk about like your generation. I'm about a couple years younger than these two folks. Their kind of their generation. Their goat was Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Everyone talked about how great a player Michael Jordan, how unstoppable he was. Well, I was coming up and watching basketball and beginning to love the game of basketball. That GOAT was Kobe Bryant. How everyone looked at how good Kobe Bryant was and how not everyone wanted to be like Mike anymore. Everyone wanted to be like Kobe. How you threw a, a paper ball into a trash can. You were saying, Kobe. You know, yeah. and... 
you it's, know it's a cultural lexicon yeah well yeah because anytime someone's intense and they're like super aggressively intense that's the mamba mentality mm-hmm. and when you can't be outworked that's the mamba mentality and that's just from him being a, being the mamba and mm-hmm. doing that stuff i'm actually wearing my kobe's today i didn't even know he's gonna die but i wore his shoes there you go yeah sorry tommy go ahead and so it, it's and i've never been like a laker fan but i've always been a kobe fan and so you know, to hear this and, and, you know, I'm still in, I'm in shock. I honestly don't think it's real. You know, I hear all these sources saying, but you know, until, you know, I feel like Kobe's going to pop out and be like, Oh, it was a hoax or it was just another six foot six person in that plane. Not me, but, um, but no, it's definitely a heavy day. Just finding that out, you know, thoughts and condolences to his family, to his daughters. I know, they just had one a couple years ago. They just had a young daughter, so heart goes out to them. And you know, you guys have said it all. Heartless. Well, that'll uh, that'll that'll wrap us up for name change pending. Thanks for joining us on the Super Bowl preview show. And sorry that it had to end on a note like this. Wah, wah.